Hey you guys, welcome back. This is part one of a two-part episode because me and Hallie just kept talking and talking and talking about literally everything that has to do with nutrition. I kind of felt like I was her client because I was asking her so many questions like in general, but then questions about things that I've been struggling with and she just had all the answers. I learned so much. She is amazing. So like I said, this is gonna be a two-part episode. This one is going to be part one, but let me introduce our guest. Her name is Hallie Brooke, and she is the founder and CEO of Live Nourished, and she is a certified functional medicine nutrition counselor, national board certified health and wellness coach, Fox 21 fitness and nutrition expert, and a fierce industry advocate. Woo, that's that's a lot of things under her name, so she knows what she's talking about. So get ready because we're going to be talking about gut health, adrenal health, hormone health, even how it ties into pregnancy and postpartum. That's a little a little added bonus in there. But get ready because we have a lot of good stuff to unpack. Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. Hello, Hallie. I am so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. It's really nice to be here, Miranda. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about basically all things nutrition, but before we deep dive into that, can you introduce yourself, tell us, you know, everything that we need to know about you, who you are, what you do, you know, <laughs> what your favorite food is, all, all the good stuff. Ooh, yes, absolutely. So my name is Hallie Brooke from Colorado Springs. I am a Colorado girl to my core. I am a nationally board certified functional medicine health counselor or health coach and nutrition counselor. And so what that means is we look at food from a bigger perspective. We look at food for what it offers us nutritionally, but also what it does for us connection wise. And, um, let's see, what was the other part of that question? Who I am, what I do. Oh, everything you need to know about me. My favorite food. Oh, admittedly is dark chocolate. It's not really a food, but it is so good. And then This also sounds really goofy, but lentil soup is one of my absolute favorites. It's just so warm and comforting and delicious. (laughs) I think that um, dark chocolate should be its own food group, if I'm being honest. Absolutely. It really should have its own spot. Yeah. On the pyramid or the plate. hundred percent. The bottom of the pyramid. The basics, basics, all dark chocolate all day long. Dark chocolate. I wouldn't be against it. Not going to lie. I did have a piece of dark chocolate before hopping on here with you. So (laughs) I had some for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. At least we can bond over that, but I'm, I'm really excited to dive into the whole functional nutrition um, because especially with diet culture, I feel like when people think of nutrition, it's kind of just like, all right, calories in versus calories out. Like um, you know, the macronutrients, you know, am I losing weight, gaining weight? And then also some people are like, oh, I think of nutrition as like just fueling my workouts and it goes 
so much deeper than that. So I guess let's kind of um, touch on the basics uh, in the beginning for, for people who are like, okay, well, what else does nutrition do for our body besides calories in, calories work, out, fit, fitness, working out, all this yep. stuff? What 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 else? Yeah, totally. So in functional medicine at, at Live Nourish, we talk about food in four categories. So the first category is energy calories in calories out, right? If we are expending energy, we need energy. Same thing as putting gasoline in your car. Food is energy. It fuels our body for what we want to do. The second category is information. So food is not just energy, but it also gives our body a chemical response. So broccoli has a completely different chemical response in our body than say diet Coke. Diet Coke, we now know has a pretty significant link to autoimmune diseases because fake sugar doesn't have any calories in it, but it still gives our body information. And the information that it gives our body is this is not a food. This is a foreign invader. So if you drink diet Coke or you have diet sugars in your diet, every time you put that in your body, your body is attacking that like it would a virus. And when we have our immune system too hyperactive, that's what leads to autoimmune diseases. And then on the flip side, broccoli also gives our body different information. Broccoli has um, is high in sulforaphane, which helps with apoptosis or programmed cell death. So it's a cancer fighter and it gives our body that kind of information. So it's not just calories in calories out. It's also the chemical information that that food is giving us. So energy information, then there's medicine. We say that food is the fastest way to heal yourself and the slowest way to kill yourself. Food is, um, every, every pharmaceutical that we have on the planet currently has come from food. So it started with food. Why don't we use food as medicine? So we use food as targeted medicine to improve energy, to heal your gut, to speed up, speed up healing, to reduce issues like rheumatoid arthritis. We use it as medicine to help balance hormones. Food is one of the best ways that we can balance hormones outside of pharmaceuticals. So it's energy information, medicine. And then the fourth one, which is, I would argue as important as any of the others is connection. Food is connection to ourselves. It's connection to our culture. It's connection to our community and our family and to tradition and the place that most people fall off the wagon, so to speak, when they're doing a diet is when a connection comes to the table, right? When we want to go out to drinks with our girlfriends or it's our kid's birthday and we want to have a piece of cake or it's Thanksgiving. And there's all of these things that don't fit into our diet. Our brains are hardwired to avoid failure. So if we feel like we failed at our diet, our brains are hardwired to push us towards quitting. Versus if we can see food as connection, me showing up to Thanksgiving dinner and participating in this tradition with my family is actually a nourishing choice. And it's not off track. It's one of the four categories of food. So that kind of expands how we think about food and how we think about nutrition. I absolutely love that. That is so <laughs> cool to think about food as like part of these four different categories, especially the last one, because like when you think of of all these holidays or like you said traditions and culture most of it is everyone gathering around the table and sharing a meal together yep. so it goes beyond just like the nutritional value of the food so i think that is that is so awesome um the the fourth one connection so yeah. 
I like all all four of them. The first one that you're talking about, what what would you label it as again? Energy. Energy. Yeah, I feel like that's the one that people know most about. Yeah. Um, and I I talk a lot about how like food is medicine, but I love information. I feel like that's one that is not talked about a lot. So before we kind of go into that a little more, I have one little question. So if you were talking about the Diet Coke and like these fake sugars. Mm -hmm. So in your professional opinion, is it better to pick a regular Coke over a Diet Coke or is Diet Coke okay in moderation? Or I don't know what if putting the two next to each other, how would you how would you choose, I guess, pros and cons? Absolutely. So almost in almost every single case, I actually encourage my clients to go get a real Coke in the glass bottle that has actual sugar over a diet Coke hands down every single time. Yes, it has sugar in it and sugar is not great for us. It spikes our energy and then it leads to a crash. It's a cancer feeder. It's all of these things, but it's also a food and it produces energy and our body can recognize it as an actual food. So if you're going to have a Coke, have a real Coke. The only caveat I say to that are my clients who are type two diabetics or who are pre-diabetic and who have an absolute addiction to, to soda and to Coke. What we want to do is we want to significantly decrease how often they're putting that in their body, but I would not have them do a regular Coke. I would have them do a diet Coke. And then the goal would be to go from five diet Cokes a day, which I literally had a client who was like, yeah, I drink five diet Cokes a day. And I was like, okay, (laughs) are you, yeah. Are you interested in changing that? And that's how we approach clients. You know, we're not the experts. We're the experts in nutrition, but we're the experts in life. So we always meet our clients where they're at, but, um, that is the only caveat to when I would say a diet Coke is a better option to a regular Coke. Other than that, go for regular Coke. And what I've seen happens, I have a client who drank diet Coke every day for lunch. And I said to her, I was like, okay, what if you switch that to regular Coke and it became a treat? So she went and got the real Coke with the real sugar. And she started drinking it once a week. And it moved from this thing that she felt like she had to have at lunch every day to this thing that was a treat and celebration. So it moved from kind of craving requirement to connection. And that was huge. And so one real Coke a week versus a diet Coke every single day, way better. That's awesome. That's a, that's a good, good way to put that because yeah, a lot of people just assume that if it's zero calories and it's the healthier option. So nope. I'm glad you, I'm glad you clarified <laughs> that because like we said, everyone puts everything in the first category energy and, yes. you know, we label foods as good and bad based on, you know, the calories. And, um, I've talked about, how basically diet culture is like so manipulative when you're in like the grocery stores, how we'll say like, oh, light or guilt-free or skinny. And all of it just has to do with calories and nutrition so much deeper than that. Yeah. Calories and marketing. Um, I tell, I tell my clients all the time, one, if it comes in a box, try to avoid it just period. If it has marketing involved run. Um, but then So often, if you take the box of the thing that looks healthy, right, it says gluten-free, low calorie, low fat, keto, whatever, and you turn it around and you read the ingredients, I would actually rather you just buy the normal product because it has fewer ingredients and they're probably better. So yeah, well said. 
Yeah, that's it's it's health washing. I actually talked about that in a previous episode. It's, it's all health washing. And I always laugh when I see things like um potato chips and they go gluten free. And it's like they've always been gluten free because they're potato <laughs> chips. Yeah. But now people see the word gluten free and they're like, oh, it's healthy. I'm gonna get that, or I'm gonna choose veggie <laughs> straws. And it's like the the, the ingredients aren't even vegetables. You, just just get the regular potato chips if yeah you know yeah the veggie straws are literally potato starch with flavoring like <laughs> exactly and if you choose to eat them because you think they taste good awesome but don't choose to eat them because you think it is the quote unquote healthier option when when it's not so. exactly exactly yeah i had i had a client i feel like this is sort of an anomaly but it just makes me chuckle um, she was 32, had been sick a lot of her life and came to us because she'd just been diagnosed with celiac disease and she didn't know how to eat. And she goes, so I went to the grocery store and I came home with Fritos because they're gluten-free. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, that's a start. Good job. Let's see if we can expand that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the gluten-free is, is funny and yeah, potato chips have always been gluten-free. <laughs> I've had people ask me because I have a, a gluten intolerance. Um, my sister okay. has celiac and um, I'll have people be like, is rice gluten free? Like, yeah. Rice is rice. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it, it's so funny to me. I bet if they started putting gluten free on bags of rice, um, they'd probably sell more. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so funny. Okay. So when it comes to, let's talk about like gut health and adrenal health and hormone health, does all of that. So I would say gut health probably falls under medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then would adrenal and hormone health fall more under information or medicine? That's a great question. Um, hormone health would fit more under information. What mm-hmm. chemical responses are we getting into our bodies? Uh, adrenal health probably would go into the medicine category. Adrenal health is usually comes from or results in a mitochondria dysfunction. So if you remember back to high school biology, when you drew the little picture of the cell and you had the little squiggly thing in there, that's your Mm -hmm. mitochondria and that's your energy producer for your cells. And every single cell has that. And when we're dealing with chronic fatigue, brain fog, and adrenal dysfunction, usually something has happened that has hindered our cells ability to create energy. And so that falls into a medicine category where we need to boost your body's ability to create energy. And then the, the information category is we also need to give your body foods that help put you in a rest and digest state and take you out of a fight or flight state. So for example, reducing caffeine, reducing sugar, increasing antioxidants. So that one falls really into both categories. Okay. Okay. So let's start with, um, let's start with hormone health. Cause I have mostly women who mm-hmm. listen to this podcast. So is what are like some signs, I guess, that maybe they need to work on their hormone health? And then how do you take that approach when it comes to nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. So some really key signs that you need to work on your hormone health are you have really heavy periods. You have significant pain with your menstrual cycle, either cramping, you've got bloating, breast tenderness, all of the things that just make having a period stink. Um, You have severe PMS symptoms, especially a week before you get your period. Those are all signs that something is off with hormones. And then the really obvious things like PCOS, um, ovarian cysts, those kinds of things. Some, some lesser known hormonal things are acne. 
uh, teenage acne and especially adult acne. If you have acne in your twenties and thirties, that is probably either a gut issue or a hormone health issue. Those are your triggers to go. "Mm, Something is off. So what do we do about that? The first thing that we want to know is we want to know in which direction is, are our hormones off? So in a woman's cycle, we have the follicular phase and the luteal phase, which are determined by when your menstrual cycle starts. And then when you ovulate and in each of those phases, your body needs different nutrients. So in your follicular phase, which starts on the day your menstrual cycle starts and then continues through until your, you ovulate your body needs significantly more iron and magnesium during your luteal phase. You need different nutrients that aren't iron and magnesium. You need selenium, you need zinc, you need, um, vitamin B12 and vitamin B6. So one of the things that we look at is we'll have a woman track their super cheap, free things that can help you track your hormone cycle. And what we want to look for is we want to look to see that those two cycles are even, If you have a really short luteal phase and a really long follicular phase, what we can do with nutrition is we can give your body what it needs specifically targeted in each of those places to help expand the phase that's too short so that you can get to a balanced cycle. And that helps relieve a lot of those symptoms. Um, Other things we can do. One of my favorites that's great is raw carrots with apple cider vinegar and olive oil. Carrots have an enormous amount of nutrients that, that women need. It has folate. And, um, oh, it's Friday afternoon and my brain is off folate and carotene. No, not carotene. The one that makes our eyes. Wow. I'm a nutritionist. I can't remember. Anyway, um, (laughs) carrots are loaded with those and women need those specifically. So having raw carrots on a, on a weekly or daily basis, help with balancing those things. So those are some of the things that we can do. And then we can expand that into looking at nutritional deficiencies, et cetera. Yeah, I I like how you talk about just taking like nutrition as the approach to fixing all these problems with our periods because I think everyone thinks that we're supposed to have super painful, heavy, horrible periods and uh-uh. that's actually not normal and doctors are just like, oh, well, here's birth control. <laughs> yep. Just flaps that band-aid on there instead of, you know, the root <laughs> trying to find the root cause. So yep. That's so, that's so interesting about how you want the, I didn't know that you wanted both phases of the, the luteal and follicular phase, right. To be Mm -hmm. the same, to be the Mm -hmm. same time. I think that's, that's very interesting. I, I track my cycle with an app and yeah, it'd be so, I mean, not now because I'm currently breastfeeding. uh, (laughs) So I have no idea what's going on in my body. What's I don't even know if cycles are even going on in there. Who knows? But (laughs) all sorts of things. Yep. But normally I do track my cycle. And um, and yeah, I'd I'd have to look back if I've always had a very consistent cycle. So was that like if someone has, let's say, one one month it's like 28 days, and then the next month they'll go like 40 days and then 10. Like if it's inconsistent like that would that be like a hormone issue as well? Yeah. That's a good sign that something's not working right. It should be plus or minus pretty regular. You know, if you're somewhere between 28 days and 30 days, that's pretty fair. That could be Mm -hmm. stress or environmental factors. But if you're that dramatic, like 20 and then 40, that's Mm -hmm. a pretty solid sign that something is not working right in your body. 
how about like the days that you actually are menstruating like the days that you're actually bleeding if it's like six days or something like what's considered normal and not normal yeah be a hormone issue it could be a hormone issue. That one is pretty variant from woman to woman because that depends mm-hmm. on how thick your body is building up the lining in your uterus. So some women build up really thin linings and bleed for three days. Some women build up really thick linings and bleed for 10. So that doesn't necessarily mean that there's an issue. It also depends on mm-hmm. which ovary ovulated. Sometimes our ovaries differ in what hormones they release. So um, if you notice that there's kind of an alternating pattern, you know, two months, it's this one month, it's this, then back, then forth. That can mean that your ovaries are, are giving your body different signals. But if it's all over the place, if it's three days, one month, and then 10, the next month, and then 15, the next month, and then three, that's probably a sign that something's off, but Mm. normal, normal is anywhere from four to four to eight days. And then after those eight days, there's spotting as stuff comes out, but that's, that's kind of the normal range that we don't worry about. Okay. So a lot of it is just comparing it to, you know, each cycle. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting. That's good to know. So what are some outside of, you know, menstruation and stuff? What are other ways that nutrition like affects our hormones? Because I know personally, you know, I just had a baby a couple months ago and my, uh- I, I feel like I should get my labs taken because things I'm tired, but like, I feel like it could be like low iron. It could be all these things. So what are, what are other, other ways we can look out for that outside of the period? Absolutely. So especially for you after having a baby, even if you were on a prenatal while you were pregnant and after most prenatals don't actually have the amount of vitamins and minerals that your body needs. And so, especially if you're feeling tired after pregnancy, you know, your first couple weeks, you're going to be tired because your body's recovering. But if you're tired one, two, three months after that, and you can feel this is kind of a, you have to tune into your body because there's a difference between fatigue that's coming from nutrient deficiencies, hormone imbalance, gut permeability, that kind of stuff. And then there's just sleep deprivation from my baby wakes up three times a night and I am its food source. And so I have to go feed it. And you, you can usually kind of tune into that. So if there's a day where you get enough sleep and you wake up and you're still exhausted, that's probably a nutrient deficiency. What babies will deplete moms in most is DHE, uh, omega threes. That's huge. Most of most women don't get that. And that's where mom brain comes from your baby's brain. When it's developing is 99% fat. And where is it getting that fat? It's getting that fat from the omega-3s that you have in your body, which if you're not putting extra omega-3s in, it's going to take it from your own brain. And then you're going to feel mom brain and just be, I can't remember anything. So supplementing really heavily with omega-3s is super helpful. Um, Getting energy boosting supplements in there, like folate, vitamin B6 and vitamin B12 is also really helpful especially post-pregnancy to rebalance some of those things. And then of course, getting as much sleep as you can, but really tuning into your body. You know, you say that, I think I probably need to get my labs done. Like what, what is happening? Your hormones are re-regulating. So giving your body the opportunity to feel the difference between nutrients. So doing some seed cycling, even before your cycle comes back, really helpful. 
um, eating raw carrot salads, eating raw seaweed salads that have really high, um, iodine. Thank you. Um, really (laughs) high iodine are really helpful. So there are some things that you can do food wise. And then there's some supplementation things that are really helpful as well. That's, I, that's so interesting about the whole mom brain thing. Um, that it's actually, actually real. It's not just an excuse. (laughs) It is a real thing. Another thing that you can look at. So some moms will lose their hair kind of right around their hairline and then it'll grow back. Mm -hmm. If that's happening, that's also a really good sign that there was a nutrient deficiency before you got pregnant, that your prenatal didn't cover that gap. So your body just couldn't produce like hair and nails are kind of accessories. Our body is going to prioritize those last over Mm. growing a baby and taking care of our heart and our liver and all of that. So if you lose your hair during pregnancy, that's another great sign that something is off and we need to rebalance that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that like our body will literally tell us that things are wrong, but I don't know, just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal. So well said. Yep. All right. So we're going to end this episode right here. Stay tuned for next week for the second half of the episode. We talk about even more stuff. So this is only half of it. If you guys want to connect with Hallie, I will put all of her links in the show notes so you guys can follow her on Instagram, check out her Facebook group, look at her website, and just see what else she has to offer because this girl is so smart and we're just learning a lot. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you do, please make sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be so awesome. Um, Maybe take a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me in it on your Instagram stories at This Is Miranda Lee. I would love to hear from you guys. And, you know, I'll add it to my stories, give you a little shout out as well. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me. And I'll catch you next week. Bye.